Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. Hey, welcome to another episode of Cigar Store Idiots. I am Rob. You, sir, are. I'm Andrew. And you, sir, are. Arlo. And as we promised, we brought him back. Yeah. Uh, try to keep him in here as long as we can for as much as many times as we can. You, sir, are. James. Gentlemen. I know what's wrong with it. I feel like I had some deja vu. Uh, Take two. <laughs> Indiana. Diesel's $7 a gallon, boys. God. Man. Just know that the red button and the red light means we're recording. Yeah. And the green one means we're not. Some, we were just shooting shit. Yeah, yeah. Somebody needs to hold Rob's hand. Yeah. <laughs> Remember what we said about Tyler raising you? Yeah. yeah. That's what I needed. Yeah. Where's yeah. Tyler when I need him? Boy, I shit the bed on that. So, uh, um, so we're going to revisit an episode that we had talked about previously a couple <clears> of episodes ago. Um, unfortunately, uh, we don't have anything good to come out of the episode that we did on the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas at Rob mm-hmm. Elementary, um, there's been some new revelations, some things that we actually, we kind of pretty much said. Yeah. We hinted around to is probably the case. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. coming true now. So unfortunately, now we're finding out that uh, we had 11 police officers in the school. Uh, with an unlocked door in front of them. Well, they had. No, the door was locked. They, they were, they were, they were. They had. I thought it come out today that they, they had. That they made they never. Was on, they, they never even tried it. to check the they door. They never tried to check the door. Then it came it. out. It was unlocked. Oh, but, so but, the chief said that he checked the doors. Yeah, right? yeah. which was not true. Right. And, and then true. they tried all these keys no, and all yeah. other kinds of things. See, I never. I hadn't even seen it's that. It's coming yet. out now. So they don't never. They, even don't tried. they make a key that a master opens key. all of those? Well, it's like nine millimeter or forty. That was yeah. Yeah. Hey, shotgun. See, that's the thing. You breach with a shotgun. If yeah. you have a metal door, that's how you breach. Yeah. With a shotgun or explosives. Okay. Um, yeah. You got- All they needed was a turn of a knob. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing, and, and I don't know if you follow this guy on social media. His name's Dominic Izzo. He's from mm-hmm. Chicago. He's former Chicago PD. 
he's kind of he lost his job for speaking out about corruption in the Chicago PD. I know that's hard to believe that the Chicago no. PD is corrupt. What? He came it's out news to me. He has said from the beginning, look, I'm not going to comment on this because I know how it is to be armchair quarterback. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to hold my thoughts, my critique until later. He did say today in one of his social media posts that he's not holding his tongue much longer. Yeah. There, there's some things yeah. that have come to the, come to light that he is not, as a person that has put on the vest, put on the badge, he's not, he said, I'll call a spade a spade. And he yeah. said, it's about time. Yeah. And, you know, we even talked about that. That last episode was, you know, I hate money when the quarterback and somebody until I know the facts. Mm-hmm. Um, because it happens to police officers all the time. Sure. You know, y'all are uh, under a microscope. Well, a body cam, Everything put, you, you know, a body cam video gets released, but all you see is 20 seconds of it. Right. You know, what happened the other two minutes before when mm-hmm. the guy was fighting and swinging at him and mm-hmm. hitting him, whatever. Or trying to take their gun from him. Yeah. yeah. So all that stuff don't get displayed because it's not newsworthy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't like to look back at a police officer and what they did and critique it until I know what's going on. Um, when I worked in Rome, I taught all the defensive tactics. We had a guy that um, was trying to arrest a girl. She wound up taking his back. And no, no, I'm sorry. Didn't take his back. This, this it wasn't this guy's different guy. He um, went in for a takedown and he had wrestled for probably 15 years of his life. So when he went in for a typical re- t- wrestling takedown, where's his head at? Right in her. Right in a perfect right, spot for yeah, a guillotine. Yeah, right. And he gets locked up in a guillotine. Wow. So I told him, I said, look, man, I'm not critiquing what you did because I can't change what's been put into you for 15 years. Mm-hmm. All I can do is show you how to get out of it yeah. and not make that mistake again. Yeah. Um, so I don't like critiquing people until I know what's going on. Because and so, if, if the right person gets a hold of your ass, you don't get a second chance to. Exactly to, right. Yeah, and I think that goes, rap. and we've kind of said this on other thing, other episodes about jujitsu. You want to get on a level playing field. Have a 115-pound woman know what she's doing mm-hmm. when you try to do something. You get neutralized. Yeah. yeah. And the thing it is, hurt. there's a lot of jiu-jitsu gyms out there. Um, and my son took jiu-jitsu for three years, and I cannot say enough about what it did for him. Mentally, physically, confidence-wise, it's great. But he used to get so frustrated because he had to go against some of the better upper belts yep. female wise and i'm better. like let me explain something to you son i said there was one girl cute as a button she was probably two years younger than him when he was taking it. i said she's gonna put your ass in a guillotine or she's gonna armbar you and ain't nothing you can do about it yeah well you remember taylor that used to come to my outlaw place dude yeah she may have weighed 60 pounds 70 pounds soaking wet but she would hurt she you. would choke your lights yes. out and that's the way this little girl, and she would just grin because she would be like, she would be maneuvering, knowing that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find my, and as soon as it is, he's yeah. like. Yeah. So, and, and we had another officer that went to arrest a girl, and this um, which was up in North Rome, and she was prior military, and she wound up taking his back and got him in a rear neck choke. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was nasty. Yeah. And so. Um, and he's I, lucky he's not dead. Well, he thought he was going to shoot her. Yeah. He thought he was going to shoot her in the leg. Yeah, she's lucky she's not dead. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so yeah, man, I just, I hate critiquing people until I know what's going on. But like I said, there's just a lot of, a lot of information coming out. Yep. Um, that's just showing a, a huge, a bad light. just a lack of, um, hey, I'm glad you're here. On our, on our podcast, we get, I just shit on the entire Augusta police department and I have no bones about it in our last episode and a spade to spade. But my thing is, do you feel like, and Augusta is not a small town, but we do a lot of episodes on our podcast Mysterious Bruce. Yeah, um, in Arkansas. And there's a lot of small municipalities. Yeah. Do you feel like in a small municipality, because I know you're in a situation now where it's a little bit smaller than yeah. what you were. Mm-hmm. 
you feel like sometimes there's a situation where it's a kind of a defining moment for a police department. Am I going to Johnny Cockstrong? No, I got this. Or, man, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I need to call in for some help. Yeah. My thing is, and we, we verbalize this a lot on ours, is it really at the end of the day that big of a deal if you're like, look, I need some fucking help. I need the state police to come in. I need yeah. the, the the state bureau of investigation to come in. I need some fucking help. Yeah. I don't need to, to screw this up. And, you know, when I was here in Rome, um, we had a mutual aid agreement with, of course, all the counties around us. And smaller places like Rockmart and Aragon would call us all the time. Sure. It's like, hey, you know, we got a, a pretty bad dope warrant we need to hit. Yeah. We need some help. Or you got um, that situation in Cedartown not too long ago where it looked like a maybe a like a like almost like a cartel situation where yeah. there's a lot of dead people oh, yeah. executed. Yeah. And it was over drugs. But and I mean that's that's heavy duty shit. Yeah, that, I mean that's the time when you kind of step back and you know your limitations. And and that little department had six officers. That's it. Yeah, and I, so I guess my thing is I don't kinda like you, I don't want to shit on somebody because in the heat of the moment, everybody can be second guessed. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. When there's either gross negligence or just incompetence, yeah. that's what I have a problem with. And, and this is my thing. I think it was more incompetence than it was negligence. Yeah. Because if it was negligence, he would that chief would not have been in that school in the first place. Right. He would have been standing outside like some other administration I know in departments, glad handing and, and talking for the media and crap like that. Yeah. He would not have been inside. Now he mm-hmm. made some stupid errors. Um, and like I said, the, um, that, the article in the Texas Tribune, I think it was, had some quotes from him where he said that, um, he, when he got on scene, he was one of the first officers there. When he got on scene, he, he grabbed his gun and he rushed in, uh, but he left his radio because he felt like he could not move as well with it, um, where he could have two hands on his gun and that if he was running, the radio antenna hit him in the face and all this other kind of stupid stuff. And that radio is your lifeline. Dude, yeah. I mean, that's the thing that keeps me safe. That's why, number one, I don't piss off dispatchers. Yeah. I do not piss them off because if I need help, they're the ones getting me help coming. Sure. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, unless it's just, and, and, and this may be a, a situation again with a small municipality, are they not vest just the, 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 the mic on the vest anymore? Usually, even if you just have like a handheld, like a lot of, I mean, a lot of detectives Because they do have that. the thing that... It that, clips on right. the belt or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Dude, I'm going to stick it in my pocket if I've got to. I've yeah. had to do that before where my clip broke on a call and I just yeah. had to stick it in my pocket, but I'm not going to go without my radio. But this... But let's, let's this, just go back. This situation, you can't... You, there's no a excuse. stupid mistake yeah, there's no is, 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 is not acceptable. You have elementary school kids bleeding out in this room. Screaming. Yeah. While you're... To chicken shit to go in that classroom. That's and, what it boils down to. Well, and we talked about that before. Of he gets in the you know they get inside, gunfire stops. So they're trying to find out where he is. Um, when when they just I, now I don't, I don't know if he just felt like um, and I, I hate to say it this way. And this sounds really harsh that everybody's in the room's dead. And it's just the guy there by himself. I don't know. Yeah. Um, because if if that guy is just in there by himself. Then it becomes a um, a barricaded gunman. If he's just in there by himself, there's yeah. no victims, there's no nothing. He's just hiding. Um, and and he said that. Um, so I don't. I think there was like one time, nineteen officers in that hallway. Yeah. He said that um, that nobody from he nobody told him that kids were calling from inside that room. He thought it was a barricaded gunman. So so we'll go back to. We'll go but he's back. assuming. Sure. Yeah. So let's go back to eleven officers in the hall in front of door. 
classroom 111, 112 mm-hmm. on scene. Mm-hmm. They're armed to the gills. They got their bulletproof vests on. They got ballistic shields. And they it took them over an hour. 77 minutes. took them over an hour to yeah. go into the either one of those The didn't even rooms. grab his bulletproof vest. What the fuck? Yeah. So he went in with a Glock 22, which is 40 cal. Um, the most rounds he's got is 15 in the magazine and one in the pipe. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're going into a school shooting with 15 rounds, 16 no. rounds maybe? You know, yes, it may take me an extra two seconds to grab my vest and throw it on, but I know what's on my vest. Mm-hmm. Plus, number one, it's bulletproof. But right. number but number two, there's rifle magazines, there's pistol magazines. I've got a little pouch that's got extra shotgun shells on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know what I'm going to have. I'm going to take that extra second to grab what I need. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I'm going to grab is I have a backpack that is my medical backpack, and it's got, like, tourniquets and chest seals and crap like that. Because So let's say it took 77 minutes, right, for mm-hmm. them to put that guy down. It's going to literally take – this is just my personal opinion. It's literally going to take them another 20 minutes probably, depending on school size, to clear that building before EMS will come in. Mm-hmm. Because EMS is not coming in until they know there's no more threats. Because there's no there, – you can't protect them. Yeah. And, yeah, and you don't know what's in there. Sure. I think it could be another shooter hiding somewhere else because it would be like Columbine. Why did they put the uh, pressure cooker bombs out in the parking lot to hurt first responders? It's the same as that concept of, okay, well, one shooter's right here, and well, I'm going to go down five or six doors, and then I'm going to start smoking people as they come yeah. out later or whatever. So that's going to be the typical response. They're going to clear to make sure the building's clear before EMS gets there. So your first um, – your the first medical care those kids are getting are from police officers, uh, like Bortac guys from the Border Patrol, people like that. That's the first That's the first medical care they're getting. So a lot of police officers, and, dude, this is something I'm going to harp on forever. Uh, I listened to uh, Jocko's podcast about yeah. this uh, the other day. Um, so, so sorely undertrained um, well, when it comes listened, to things like that. Have huh? you listened to Sean Ryan's podcast? Uh-uh. He's former Navy SEAL, and he talks to a lot of he he did a lot of like he does podcasts like four hours long. Yeah, and there's a lot of ex military guys on there and stuff. He interviewed DJ Shipley, and DJ said, "I don't know where they were at." He said that there's a reason every SEAL is a medic, mm-hmm. and he said that uh, whatever went down, there was an IED or something, basically blew this guy's face off. He said it was one of those things before you go into combat, you're like, if if A happens, put a bullet in my head because I don't want to live again. He goes, this would have been A. Yeah, yeah. He said, this guy leaning forward so he doesn't drown on his own blood. He said, but we've got a Chinook. He said, there's blood everywhere. He said, and I'm not lying to you. He said, there's probably an eighth of an inch of blood all in that Chinook. He said, they're bleeding so fast. The tourniquets are slipping. He said, I've got blood all over me. I've got it in my mouth. He said, I never lost concentration he said because when we went through medic training in the teams yeah he said those guys watched every horror movie they could he said i've seen people you know that in reality would have had their head blown off or their face blown off he said i didn't panic and i think that goes to what you're saying it is is. it's all about the level of training you get Mm -hmm. how good are your trainers yeah and and a lot of those guys, especially like small agencies, are not getting it. So you got a police chief going in there, and I think he had like twenty nine years on the job, um, seasoned, and, seasoned guy. But but seasoned doesn't mean anything when it comes to time, sure, right? Or that situation. Well, yeah, because so let's take let's say you got a, a person that's been in law enforcement for thirty five years and they're a police chief, right? They may have spent the first five or six years on patrol, 
And then they're probably either going to be like a supervisor mm-hmm. or they're going to go to detectives or they right. may go to like a specialized unit, like traffic or whatever. And they never really get anchored in back in patrol. They're just moving up the ladder. Mm-hmm. So now you got a police chief that's been there 35 years and really hadn't been a police officer for the last 30. And now they're trying to run a scene. Something like that. Yeah. You know, we talked about it before, and this has been like my, um, this has been my standing stone that I've been on for the last several months is you don't wake up in the morning and go, huh, I'm going to be confident today. Yeah. You build confidence over doing the right thing time after time after time after time. You don't just rise to the level of, of the rise to the occasion. You always fall to the level of your training. And if you have not put yourself in stressful situations and become inoculated, you're going to freeze up. It's just like you talked about jujitsu. So let's say you've been doing jujitsu for two days and somebody gets you in a rear naked choke. What do you do? You freak out. You nut yeah, up, yeah, right? Yeah. But if you've been training jujitsu for three years, what do you do if somebody gets you in a rear naked choke? You settle. Start you settle. Looking for you the start escape. working. You yeah. relax, right? Because the worst thing you can do when somebody locks a choke in is, is tighten, tighten up. up. Yeah. The best thing to do is just take a deep breath and relax. Mm-hmm. And you're usually going to create a little bit of space right. that I can get a hand in or, or something. Right. So it's the same exact situation. Nobody is prepared for a scene like that. Right. Nobody will ever. They won't ever recover from that trauma. You just won't. But. You can't even simulate that. I, I was going to say there was a guy. I watched him grow up, and he wound up becoming a county cop, and he had to put someone down, and it was a body cam footage situation that just so happened to happen in front of my aunt and uncle's house, and I think he he made about three or four weeks afterward, and he took over the family business. And, yeah. and I've talked to him a couple times, and he's like, man, I just I, – I, I can't. Yeah. But, I can't and it's I can't like we talked about before. The average human being is not inclined to take a life. It's just not. And he said, I asked him much later, years later after it happened, I was like, look, man, I don't want to bring this up, and you can tell me to go pound sound if you want to. I said, was there ever a moment where it crossed your mind that this was going to happen? He said, yes, as soon as I stepped out of the car. He said, it was in the back of my mind. He said, I was going to have to put this person down. He said, and I tried everything I could. He said, I begged that son of a bitch not to do it. And and that's most officers are that way, dude. They will will talk and try to get people to – just to stop or back off or whatever and don't make me because what's going to happen is not only is it going to ruin your life it's going to ruin my life too sure but i think he was i don't think he was a little fish in a big pond in that moment i think he was a minnow uh, and yeah, i think he I, had I no clue what what he was what he was he into. didn't know whether to step left or right or fart shit. yes exactly right and, and did not what know what to do and until that bortac team got there really nobody did and so it goes to it goes to training you know um i remember when i was here um, so when I was on, we used to run three shifts. Um, second shift was three P to one A. My favorite time of the day, dude. That's when people get home. That's when they start acting the fool. That's when it's funny. And, and it's a great time. <laughs> but my former captain, so they always tried to, to balance out how many SWAT guys was on each shift because they didn't want everybody on one. Well, my former captain would fight to keep us on his shift because he knew that SWAT guys were better trained. And then when crap hits the fan, that's who you want there. Yeah. You know, because like I said, it's just, it's a different, you train different, you, you prepare for different situations. Um, and being a small agency like that, they probably have very little training. I think in, in to equivalent this to everyday life, if you're not, if you don't know someone in law enforcement, those kind of things, if you've ever played any kind of sport, practice needs to suck because when you get to the, when the lights come on, the 
I can't coach you. Yeah. I can I can I can evaluate and tell you you might need to do this and that. But the haze in the barn, boys, yeah. you got to react. And, and you know, a fight is the same as that way. Yeah, you know, it's you, all you, good until somebody yeah. gets punched in the face. Yeah, and you get in a boxing ring and you got a coach yelling at you. You know, unless you're unless you've done the training and you're tuned in, right? You don't listen, right? And so that young kid that I was training, same as that way, his very first fight. He went in there, man, and he did not listen. He just went nut to butt and was throwing stuff, man, and he got exhausted. The second fight, we had been training. He had been listening. So we go in, and I'm sitting over there talking just like I'm talking like now. I'm not yelling. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm talking. And I'm like, hey, man, build a house. And build a house was a combination. We worked thousands of times. As soon as I said, hey, man, build a house, drop the kid. Yeah. You know, but he was listening. He was in tune. Um, and that just comes from doing the right thing time and time and time again. But you have police officers that – they shoot one time a year, maybe twice, right? They're not proficient with their farms, um, and they get put in stressful situations, and they can't function. Yeah. Right? They just they crumble. Well, it's the old David Goggins thing. When you wake up in the morning and you've run every day and it's raining or it's sleeting or it's snowing, are you going to roll over or are you going to get the fuck up and you're going to go run? Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that used to be our thing with, with SWAT training, dude. It didn't matter if it was raining. If it was 100 degrees outside, if it was 5 degrees outside, if it was SWAT day, we was training. Mm-hmm. Because so many times, I can't tell you how many times we get a call. We don't get calls when it's 70 degrees outside it's nice. and the winds blow. Yeah. Or it's 3 p.m. Yeah, dude. It's Great two, lighting. It's, it's 2 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. You just got in bed from getting off at 1. You're exhausted from working 10 hours. You just got snuggled up to your wife. And, oh, my phone's going off. Crap. Yeah. Right? And then I'm standing outside for... And- Six or eight hours. And you got to get mentally prepared. You're yeah. going to a very dangerous situation. Yeah. And, and so this guy bails out of the car, does not grab his radio, doofus, uh, goes under undergunned totally, uh, and rushes into that situation that he's not prepared for. Now, I applaud him for rushing into the building, as opposed to that guy in Florida who, you know, went and hid. Hid in his car. I, I applaud him. Listen, I know of a, uh, a school resource officer used to be at Rome High. Made the statement, if there's ever an active shooter here, I'm going outside with the kids. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. You, you can't have that mentality. I had two great school resource officers in my 20 years, and now I'm at home, so I don't have to worry about it. I had two great ones. The first one, when they first put them in schools, he told me, he goes, hey, man, you got a pistol in your truck? And I was like, nope, can't bring a firearm on school grounds. And he looked at me sideways. He goes, we grew up together. And I was like, you're right, we did. And he goes, <laughs> If shit hits the fan and you got a firearm in your vehicle and you don't make your way out there to get it, I will shoot your ass myself. Mm-hmm. And, he said, and it's better to be judged by twelve, son, than carried by six. Yeah. Well, and you know, and just the the under training, under preparedness. You know, we was talking about the medical training, uh, and we told I've told this story before. You know, down in South Rome, we had that shooting, and um, guy walks outside on the porch, car drives by. Pops off rounds. He takes one in the stomach. He turns to go inside and takes two in the back. He's sitting here in the chair talking just like we're talking. Girl is laying in the floor. She got one on the uh, left side. It cut across and came out her right, and she's blowing up lung chunks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Me and Brandon Pledger from yeah. Combat Market yeah. were, uh, were there. He was my sergeant. He called. He said, hey, get here now. So I come down there. He said, grab your bag, roll in. Fire and EMS was staged two blocks away, would not come to us. He is screaming on the radio for us to get some help. They're calling saying, well, uh, do, is the, the scene, scene safe? safe? Yeah. We don't know where the shooter is. We don't know who the shooter is. Mm-hmm. But he literally got on the radio and said, look, I got 15 cops out here with rifles. 
it's as safe as it's going to get yeah. down here. Yeah. They would not come in. Wow. So I get there. The girl's laying on the ground. She's um, she's got obviously got a sucking chest wound. Uh, I go to put a chest seal on her. She knocks it out of my hand. It folds over on itself, so I'm screwed. So I had to make a chest seal. Um, literally, one of the fire guys, um, Cricket Holder, he's from K-Spring, Cricket finally says, I'm out, grabs his jump bag and walks to us, comes in the door. Well, I'm making a chest seal. I can't find tape for anything. Cricket comes in. He goes, Manny, what do you need? I said, tape. He said, what kind? I said, sticky tape. I don't care. Give me something. <laughs> Duck tape, Greg yeah. tape, whatever you don't you care. Got. But pleasure, pleasure is at her at her head, and I'm at her legs, and blood's all over both of us. And so we're trying to get her to the uh, to the gurney, and um, Pledger's talking to her. And he's like, ma'am, you're going to be okay. We're going to get you. She was a single mom, three kids. He's like, we're going to get you home to your babies. You're going to be okay. And she just looked up at him, and she said, nope, I'm out of here. And took a deep breath. Shit. And I thought she died, but they she wound up having three emergency surgeries and she survived. Wow. Wow. But because Ooh. he had military training from that, and I was a SWAT guy with SWAT training, medical training, we were able to probably save that girl's life. But I think that goes back to the thing where, and, and I, I, I tie this in on multiple episodes, know your limitations. Mm-hmm. Les, My, Les Miles has the greatest quote, and I say it until, you know, it, it may be on my headstone. <laughs> I'm not the smartest guy, but I'll tell you what I am. I'm going to hire the right people that know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and listen to that podcast, um, Jocko um, said two words that really, really rang true to me. And um, he said, you know, when you have that kind of situation, you need the guys that go to default aggressiveness. The guys that are just going to go in there and take take it. And that guy did not have that. Right. Um, and you, the average person does not. So the right people in the right place makes a lot of difference. But like I said, those guys, that school system had just been to the active shooter training in Texas, like in March. Wow. That active shooter training is the same. They get in Georgia mm-hmm. alert training or whatever it is. Um, and that training says you go to the sound of gunfire. You find the guy, you put him down, period. No questions asked. You don't think about it. You go do it. Um, and there was a lot of hesitation. There was a lot. I, I guess that's where I, I like default, just from an average standpoint, citizen, whatever you want to call it. That hesitation is the mother of all fuck ups. Oh, in it that is. Situation yeah. in any stressful situation, if you hesitate, seconds lost, lives are lost. Lives are yeah. lost. Yeah, yeah. And we used to have a, a, a <laughs> I was SWAT team leader, Robbie. Man, I loved him to death because his saying was, uh, "Pardon my French, mom. If you ask, if you listen to this one." Uh, he always said, if you're going to fuck up, fuck up fast. Yeah. If you're going to do it, do it in a hurry. Yeah. And that's the thing, man. Um, guys that have that mentality, those are the guys that gravitate towards SWAT and gravitate towards special operations and stuff like that. And so this guy, just I just don't think he had the mentality. So now you've got, yes, you got 11 officers standing in the, in the hallway, but how many of them at that point in time were – most of them are probably just standing around waiting for orders. Right. That's what I was right. about to say. They're just waiting on someone to go. Look, you go here, you go here, and then they would have just folded and, and in. And nobody was doing that. Right. right. That you didn't um, have a. You didn't have a leader to to step up. And again, that's what we talked about the difference before between a supervisor and a leader. We can go back. Uh, I want to. I just want to kind of brush over uh, the Texas Tribune's uh, report, uh, comprehensive report that they had put out. I'm going to read some of this stuff off because this is a reason we're re- revisiting this whole thing because. Uh, None of it. There's still no answers. Nothing makes sense. Uh, it's just a giant. It's just one big giant debacle. Uh, they reported that uh, minutes after the gunman began shooting, uh, officers arrived with rifles, ballistic shields. Uh, is it a Halligan bar? 
Yeah, it's Howling okay. Bar. Yeah. Okay, uh, a special tool for prying open doors. Yep. Let me tell you something. If I got a Howling, howling Bar, I can, I can open any door. I don't yeah. care. I don't yeah. care if it's metal, if it's wood, <laughs> dude. And you so, want so that bar will open any locked door. Yeah, any locked door. Now I'm gonna, now it's one that's going to take a second. Yeah, and he's probably going to pop rounds through the through the door. But understand in that situation when I got kids hurt, kids dying. I know that I'm probably going to take some casualties, but I signed up for that. They said that the... And, and the I, and, and not to cut you off, but no, I, you, I think that's the thing, though, James, is... And I had an argument with a guy that was ex-Special Forces military guy and taught. And I got I was, you know, down Debbie Downer the whole time. And I was like, look, man, if shit hits a fan again, I just don't think society, we've got it. And he's like, no... He said, son, there's enough of us out there that were raised right. We're going to step up. And I think that's the key to anything. There's somebody, there's always somebody in a small town municipality that says, you know what? Like you said, fuck it. I'm from Cape Spring. I'm grabbing my bag. I'm walking in. Fuck off. I'm going to do my job. Yeah, Yeah. it's exactly right. If they did half as good as a job as they did as arresting parents on the perimeter right. as that's they a, did is taking out the gripes. son of a bitch Jesus inside. That's one of my biggest gripes. On you know, the they, thing they were awfully aggressive and brave here. Yeah. But once they got inside, and I understand there's an active government inside. I get that. I completely understand that. But I, I don't know how to say this without being, without sounding like a crazy person, but I, I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> we all a little crazy. So well, it's fine. I, I, sometimes I, I, I kind of, believe in some weird stuff i guess but i think we live in an evil world mm-hmm. and i think there's something more at play here i don't all these coincidences don't add up to me no yeah. none of it does well, and it's and, and it smells fishy as hell and i don't think i i think there's something and again this may sound crazy like conspiracy theory guy and i just don't even care i think there's something at play here and i think everybody's playing a game yeah and I think a lot of this is bullshit. Yep. I'm not saying those kids didn't die. I'm not saying that's bullshit. I'm saying Yeah, those kids died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm but not I'm not saying that was made up. Sure. That's not what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, no, I just yeah, want to be yeah, clear yeah, on that. Yeah. But I think some of this in uh, these cops not being competent and, 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 and not doing what they're I'm not believing a lot of this. Yeah. I'm just not. Well I'm not buying into you're it. You're talking about the guys outside that were, you know, stopping parents or whatever. Um, honestly, I think those guys were doing exactly what they were told to do. Um, now looking at it from a command standpoint, what you can't have is a whole bunch of civilians running into a building, um, because it's just dangerous. Yeah. Right. But also, um, let's say, you know, I'm inside that building and I'm looking for a bad guy. I don't know if it's one or first two or first Mm -hmm. 12 and you come running in with your, um, Glock 19 that you bought, you know, a couple weeks ago. And then I, now I know who I don't know who's the bad guy, who's the good guy. You think guy. you're a shooter? Yeah. yeah, I believe those guys were just doing what they were told. I believe they honestly, I think they felt like um, my guys are inside the building, they're handless. I got to take care of this outside. Right. Well, they did a piss poor job yeah. of that too because well, a mother, well, a mother, a mother got a mother got free and oh, went inside and got her two kids. I agree. Yeah. Uh, there's multiple videos of, of of things that that were going on outside that was just it was, it was just totally, it was mass chaos and nobody was running that scene. Here's what I think happened. Like you said, there's not a leader. Huh. What? Not what? at all. There was here's, a command officer, but there was not a leader. Well, this is, and this the, is the what, chief. Everybody's saying that the guy inside the chief was the incident commander. How can he be the incident commander if, if he is inside? inside. Right. Yeah. Right. Nobody's outside. Yeah. 
But he, he couldn't get that information because guess what? He left his fucking he left radio, his radio in the car, car. and <laughs> he's trying to do everything off a cell phone. I honest to God do not think we would have any of this information if there was not video footage of showing officers standing in that hallway in front of those two rooms at the time uh, that it started from the time that it ended. Uh, and they actually went in the room where you said 77 minutes later. Like 77 seven, minutes, I think. From, look, the, from the door being propped open to the cops not doing anything in the hallway. To, to a guy, a, a poor kid with no yeah. money buying well, and they, over and $4,000 uh, worth of. They said the door was not propped open, that it did not latch, and that the principal had reported, or the somebody had reported it to the principal a couple weeks before, and it was never fixed. I don't know if it was an issue of money. You know, but hey, that, we're a small little school. And but the, the one door oh, the guy knew to yeah. go to. Yeah. It makes no sense. Out of all the doors in the school, he knew to go to that door. So here's some more information, too. Uh, we were all led to believe that they, when the officers were inside the school, that the that the that um, you had the situation was contained. But actually, we go back, you look at the video uh, evidence of what time they were in the school and the things that were still going on. It was clear that it was not contained. Oh, yeah. You've got what you had said. There was multiple law uh, enforcement officers inside waiting for direction, waiting for instruction. And you and I talked about this. I'm either getting shot or I'm stepping over dead bodies, but I'm going after that guy. Oh, yeah. There's no way I'm going to sit there and, and, and listen to And that's the way the alert murdered. training is. Yeah. That's the way the alert training is. Yeah. Now, granted, if, even if, right, even if I think he is in that room by himself, he just killed a bunch of kids. Yeah. And there's kids hurt. Yeah. I'm still going. Yeah. I don't no, care there's nothing that, keeping me out. Well, of I don't care that real that um protocol says that is a barricaded gunman. Because you have I don't to, care. Because you have to assume that not all those kids have passed. Yeah. Well, and again, you've or, got you, you got to kids assume, calling. But you, yeah, yeah, and you, you have got to kids ass- calling nine one one. But you have to assume there's some kids that are passing. Yeah. yeah. And, and you got to get a medical. You got to do something. Yeah. yeah. There. And 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 his response was, "Well, nobody passed along that information. You can't tell me that in those eleven cops standing in the hallway, somebody don't have a radio or couldn't hear those kids screaming. Yeah. Like, I mean, you you got to make it. So here's something else that uh, I think that we would not have found out if we didn't have video evidence of of the officers standing in there. Um, in the beginning, uh, is Arandondo? Is that what we call this guy? I guess so. Uh, it sounds good to me. It's uh, it's good with the fast clown. Yeah. So. <laughs> They were saying that they were waiting to get a key from a janitor to open the door. That's what they were doing. But you got the bar, you got a shotgun. Video footage shows they never received a key. No one ever turned the hand, turned the doorknob. No one made an attempt to breach the door. Nobody made. but that was not what we were told in the yeah. beginning. No, we were toward, told the opposite, actually. The yeah. uh, footage shows a gunman entering the classroom earlier with no resistance, possibly indicated by the unlocked door. Surveillance footage showed officers never tried to open the door until uh, uh, never tried to, they never tried to open the door. Never tried to open the door. So, um, and so could they get in room 111? Yeah. Okay, so they could get in room 111. 111 and 112 are connected are attached, by bathroom. Attached, right? yep, yep. So I've got two entries into room 112, right? So I might not be able to get in one door. But you're getting in the other. But I can, can cause enough of a ruckus at that door that he thinks I'm trying to come in. So I've got a shield braced in front of that door, right, where rounds ain't going to come through. Mm-hmm. I'm act, trying my hardest, acting like I'm trying to get in that door, which is distracting from me coming in through the bathroom. Guess what? There's windows on the outside of that. That's the yeah. other thing that I didn't understand. Dude, I'm going to shoot through that window or, or something. There's no way you can tell me that he was barricaded down where they couldn't 
they they could they, it just well, none of almost, it makes sense to me. Man. My thing is, it's I not a fish. They never made an effort to get in there. It's yeah, not a Columbine instant, instance where the library is centralized and there's no eyes. You've got windows, like you said. You've yeah. got two entrances. I'm going to beat the shit out of that door to where if I have to break the other door down. It's not going to sound like it's coming from two different exactly spots. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's, and then, it makes it diversionary. And I may thing, not have flashbangs, but I can at least make enough noise where he's looking at something else. And my thing is, there's got to be some communication going on saying, look, I'm going. you need to, to divert his attention here, but at the same time, divert it how you're trying to get in. So if I can't get in... Somebody's getting the fuck in. Yeah. And and forgive me for my for my lack of research on this, but what it all boils down to and what during the investigation, uh, they have a panel, they're going over all this stuff and it's being videoed and uh one guy says he he cared more about his own safety and the safety of the officers inside the school than he cared about those children that were being murdered in the classroom right in front of them and they did nothing they did nothing and, and i would say that's probably i mean i don't i don't know if he intentionally did that but i would say that's probably a first statement yeah um because like i said man if and it, it's not it's not that it's just babies right um i don't care who it is yeah you know if you're in a church full of adults and the same thing's going on as a police officer and first responder, that is that is your job. That is what you do. You go in and you put down the threat. Right. And you know what? If all I got is a Glock 22, that's all I got. Yeah. But that ain't never all I got. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't care what I'm in. If I'm in my personal car, there's a bouncer and there's at least a shotgun or a rifle mm-hmm. for that situation. Well, and, and, yeah, because you're saving – unarmed lives because it's a gun-free zone yeah. so they know that you know that person off target yeah. well and then you also think about it little kids man and one thing jocko said on his podcast that i did not agree with um jocko if you're listening sorry i love you buddy but you know i don't know <laughs> it's okay we already shit on his drinks and his sales. <laughs> i don't i don't i, don't, I think you you're know. a bad dude but you're not as bad as your drinks that's right jocko but so one thing he said was no, you really are. um if the if the shooter had remained outside then yes, the the kids should shelter in place. They should you know stay inside the building. But if the shooter's inside, they should all try to get outside. And I don't necessarily agree with that because now you got five hundred kids trying to get out one door, mm-hmm. and it is a funnel that is a target rich environment. Oh, yeah, of mo- sure. And a lot of kids are just going to be so freaking scared they're just going to ball up and lay down in the floor. Yeah, they're not even going to move. No, not at all. Um, I mean. And adults would do the same exact thing, man. Yeah. Well, I've at, seen Look that. at that thing where it was a gun-free zone and someone yelled across the mic, gun, and there was a mass panic and they're jumping over the barriers. Yeah. Well, well, it was like when one, that, that club caught on fire with uh, Great White yeah. and they all got stuck in the doorway because yeah. everybody was panicking, leaving one door. Well, and that's what and then nobody gets out. That yeah. was a fucking hot ticket, I heard. Yeah. That was terrible. And <laughs> Oof. And that's what and that's what I tell everybody, like in our um, in our gun classes, self defense classes, right? If you're tooling around Walmart and you're in the toy section, right, and somebody comes on the intercom and says, "There's a bomb in Walmart. It's going to detonate in one minute." What door are you going out? Well, the average person goes, "I'm to going the out the front, front door. Yeah. I'm going through the back room. Yeah, or I'm going out the garden center. Yeah, or that. It's right yeah. there. Or the tire center. Yeah, but I mean the receiving door. But the closest, door. the closest bathroom to our Walmart. I mean, closest exit to our Walmart is the garden center. Yeah. But most people don't think of it that yeah. way. They're like, well, "I'm going out the front door." Well, now you got 300 people trying to 
funnel through that front door and it's just not and it's everybody not gets smart. stuck we'll go back to what you said like the average citizen is not uh when they hear a gunshot they freeze yeah. they just freeze up and i can firsthand experience yeah we you, talked about that i was in a mexican restaurant with tyler and the waxican we were down there we were eating it was me and him and there was a couple other families in there it wasn't very busy uh no doubt in my mind somebody shot a gun in the kitchen like pow ears ringing uh i was already i had which i don't know what good it would have did but i had my knife knife off the table in my hand and we started working out like headed to the door getting the fuck out of there uh and everybody else in there sat there their eyes as big as saucers didn't even budge yeah but i was like that's that sheep mentality, my man. My kid's going to, I may get killed, but my kid's getting out of yeah, here. That's yeah. that sheep mentality of you go to what they call, um, condition black or, uh, condition black of, I can't believe this is happening. Or, or, you know, you're so out of it, dude, that you're just, you're a our, victim. Wait, our excuse, killed. our excuse from our waiter was, Oh, sorry. They popped a balloon in the back. I yeah, was like, ain't ain't no fucking balloon. balloon, dude. You think yeah. I'm stupid? We didn't even, we couldn't even eat our food. I was tore up. We left. But yeah, I never mean, went you, back. It's the last time I ever ate there. The that funny story, total sidebar. There was a bunch of coaches that went to uh, an all inclusive resort one one summer, and uh, they got the bright idea to go off the resort to a club. Nope, nope. He said about one o'clock in the morning, something in Spanish come across, and he goes, "Every motherfucker that was packing and the cooks that were packing, pretty much everybody in there." He said, <laughs> "Let off rounds," and he goes, "And I'm trying to sip on a seven dollar Pepsi with some Jack in it," and he goes. I just like y'all can keep this, and he said he said I slid the girl a twenty, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'll walk back." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, but but you, you know that you that kind of mental preparedness, that. man, yeah. and you have to be that way, especially as a cop, when you don't know what kind of situation you're walking into. You know, yeah. it may you may think it's the same old domestic you've gone to a hundred times with the same old you know Leroy and Berthine that they fight all the time. But guess what? Leroy I sweet tea. Well, yeah, Leroy's <laughs> done put his hands on her day. Now Berthine's done got sawed off shotgun. Things got serious. Yeah, or and better yet, I, there was a guy, and you may know him. We'll talk about it off air, but. He used to work in accounting. He said it was the same domestic violence, same couple. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, somebody would open the door bleeding. I'd have to do. He said, you know, like episode 12 of this series, he said, I show up. He said, oh, boy, oh, opens the door. He said, there's just blood running in his eye, down his ear. And he's like, everything all right? And he's like, yeah, man, everything's good. And he said, no shit, I could see brain matter. Oh, my God. He said. Are you sure everything's all right? He's like, yeah, man, everything's fine. He's like, well, I need to check and see if whoever the wife was. She's holding an iron. She had clocked that some bitch in the Holy head with an iron. Holy shit! Yeah. Split his head open. She and, wasn't and so, gonna take it no more. Yeah. And so, if you're God. not prepared for that kind of stuff, you can get behind the eight ball and hurry. Yeah. So honestly, yeah, that dude, I think, was behind the eight ball when he walked in that building. Yeah. I think you know he was a. Uh, I would like to see. You stepped off into the deep spot and didn't have your water wings on. I would like to see what his training record is. I think that's the key, though. But are you going to – and going back to what Andrew said, conspiracy theory-wise, I saw a great thing today. It said conspiracy theorists now have a misnomer from what it was. Now conspiracy theorists are, I don't accept the narrative. I'm going to do my own research. Yeah. And I'm like you. There's a lot of things behind the scenes as average citizens so that I can make my own opinion that I would like to see. Training record. Mm -hmm. How many times did you qualify? Yeah. 
how many times or how long were you a beat cop? How yeah. long were you a detective? Yep. Were you a sergeant? Were you related to someone? Did you get put in the, you know, those kind of things where it, it would answer a lot of questions. That stuff matters because here's the thing, man. If I get involved in a shooting, the first thing they're going to do is pull my training record. Every single time they're going to yep. pull my training record and see how many times, if I qualified, uh, how many attempts it took me to qualify every time. Yeah. Dude, I'm going to tell you something. You get – so when you go to police academy, you have to qualify two rounds, um, and you get six tries, I think. Yeah. Two out of six? Two out of six. 33%. Yep. You get two out of six. You have to qualify. And there's a lot of – there's people that don't qualify. Wow. Or they'll get to the very last one and do this like oh. – I saw a funny story about a, a guy that was in sniper training, Marine Corps sniper training. He said, you know, I just had a shitty – he said, to be honest with you, I had a shitty month. He said it came down to one shot, one kill kind of mentality. He said, "I." He said, "I bang the target first round." He goes, "The second round, either I qualify or I wash out." He said, "Scope it out, get my win." He said, "About that time." He said, "Hey, he said it's like God went." He said, "It's fifteen miles an hour blowing into me." He said, "I correct as he says I'm taking the slack out." The wind stops. He said, "I let my finger off," and he's like, "Fuck it." He said, it goes back to, I was confident in what I was trained. Mm -hmm. I was confident in the fact that I'd already laid the mill for the wind. The wind died. I scooted it over. Yeah. Yeah. And And, I think that's that's how you build that confidence. You keep doing the right thing time and time again. And in police training, that means putting hands on people in defensive tactics so you don't nut up because, you know, the Gracie's say in their Gracie survival tactics class, an an officer without options is an accident waiting to happen. Amen. You you get tied up with somebody um, and you're not used to it and you don't know what to do. Then you start looking at your options. Well, I got a taser, but at this distance, a taser is not going to do me any good. I got pepper spray, but I'm going to get it in my face. I'm going to get it all over me because I'm fighting him. Mm -hmm. Um, My baton is no use to me at this point. Uh, what do I have? He's he's whooping my ass. What do I have? A gun. That's it. You know. And so you now, better and you better hope you can justify. Don't it. get it took away from you yeah. too. That's exactly right. It. Yeah. Because you pull a gun in in that kind of distance, it's just as much their their gun as it is yours. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so guys, you know, a lot of departments you get four hours a year for defensive tactics. That's it. That's insane. It is. It's, it's um, ridiculous. A lot of a lot of departments you get your qualification year. Or qualification time, and then you might get to shoot one other time. Mike, all right, this is just total, just me, your opinion. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to crucify us, take us to court. What do you think's a good, do you think six hours a month? What do you think is a good, happy medium? As far as how much training you should get? I, I know my answer, and I probably know your answer, but I'm just yeah. saying if you went conservative and you were like, say someone gave you carte blanche over the county you're in right now, what would you implement? I mean, we would definitely implement some type of at least once a month defensive tactics training. Um, we would implement at least once every two months some type of shooting. And now the good thing about Walker County is we shoot a lot. Yeah. Like we'll do a qual- we'll do our qualifications, of course, and then we will do like a skills um, session to where you're just working basic skills of drawing, putting the gun, you know, and, and shooting skills. And then we work a combat course, uh, which is pretty intense and pretty brutal. Uh, but that's, you know, shooting, moving behind cover, doing things like that, that are, that are reality. 
Um, and so we try to do that, like I said, with classes that we have going on, especially our intermediate classes. Um, but, I mean, I w- let's just say you work um, – I mean, how, how many hours do most people work a month? I don't even know. You work 40 hours a week, so what, 160 hours a, m- a month, 160 yeah. hours. Um, I wish of I that, forty hours. <laughs> well, That'd I mean, be sweet. I mean, we we are like on a like per pay period. We're on an like eighty four hour per pay period. What? So we work what one hundred and sixty eight hours a month. So, but let's just say one hundred sixty hours a month um, that an average police officer works. Of that one hundred sixty hours, I would I would like to see ten percent. That's what I was about to say. I would like to say sixteen hours a month that you need to be in training. But the problem is, we have to do this monotonous. Um, training that really has no effect on anybody because politicians say we got to do it. So every single year you have to do, um, and I'm not even going to mention training because it's going to offend somebody. Um, but I mean, it, it, that's what we do here. Okay. I mean, we, we it, it's like bias based profiling, uh, yeah, yeah. community oriented policing. Um, I mean, and I hate to say it this way, but elder abuse. Things like that. Why do we need to sit through an hour class every single year? That's what you have social workers for. Well, you would mm-hmm. think. Well, but I mean, the other thing think. is, and so just from a standpoint of I've sat through some bullshit training, not with lives on the line, and I've sat there and been like, this could have been condensed. Yeah. Can you not, in that situation for a municipality, I know there's a time frame, da-da-da-da-da, you have to have X hours. All right, so... We're going to say, and this happens in any profession, and if you disagree, you're full of shit. We're going to say... I'm right, damn it. Yeah, No, no, I am right. We're going to say that we did elderly abuse and community policing and da-da-da-da-da, and that I I blocked off four hours. We're only going to go over that for 45 minutes. You sons of bitches know this is what you do for elderly abuse. This is what you do for the community. Don't be a dumbass. Now, the next three and a half hours... We're going to go out there, and I'm going to put your ass through the ringer. Yeah. I agree. Because most of that stuff you can honestly do online. Yeah. You yeah, can watch yeah, a video and be done. Sure. But um, so Georgia Post, which is the um, Police Officer Standard Training Council, they're the ones that manage all of certifications for police officers. So me as a police officer, all I have to have every year is um, qualification, de-escalation, use of deadly force, Qualification, um, qualifications in 20 hours of training. That's a year. A year. A year. Now, I, you know, I've kind of said some bad things about Rome PD, and I still will. But I never had less than 100 hours of training a year. Most of the time, I was up around 300 hours. Um, and some of it was nonsense. But a lot of it was if you wanted to go to training, they would send you. That's yeah. my thing in my profession, and it's not, like I said, it's not lives are on the line. If I go to my immediate boss and say, hey, this training's coming up. It costs X amount of dollars. I need time off. I'm willing to pay for it. They'll be like, yeah, hey, I think we can get you at least half of that, if not all of it. Okay, yeah. that's great. Yeah. There's the whole proactive situation in any profession you have to invest in yourself. That's my thing. You yeah. have to invest in your craft. Yes. Um, you know, that's, I can get by just skating by, but why? Well, and in law enforcement, you can't just, if you try to get by skating by, then you're not going to be successful and you might be, you're probably going to be dead. That, yeah. Well, th- th- it goes back to the, the small municipalities yeah. and I, and I, and I'm not shitting on the state of Arkansas. It just so happens that I know a lot about small municipalities in Arkansas. 
you can't tell me that these small municipalities can't call, make a phone call, send an email, something, and say, hey, man, we got six officers. I need to send three of them. I need to, no, let's just, I need to send two of them this month. I need to send two next month. I need to send two next month. And, And it becomes a training, like a training director's nightmare. Especially like this time of the year, people won't take vacation. And so now you got people off and it's hard to schedule training. Um, I mean, it, it's just a nightmare because you have all this monotonous stuff you have to do. And then you have real stuff you have to do. And, and it's just, it's it's awful. And it goes back to, and, and in our prof- profession, a lot of, or my profession, not ours. But in my profession, there's a lot of blackout dates for God knows what. Then black it out. Hey, we got training the next month. There ain't nobody getting their fucking ass off in February. It's like having yeah. a holiday off in the beer business. Yeah. I haven't I haven't I don't get Fourth July off unless it lands on a Saturday or Sunday. I don't get Memorial Day off unless it lands on Saturday or Sunday. It's because I'm in the beer business. Yeah. It's way too it's big. We can't take the, a, it's part of the business. It's, it's part of the business. Yeah. So and if it lands on if it don't land on my off days, I don't get no holiday. I don't right, get no Christmas, right. Thanksgiving, none yeah, of that. Yeah. But I accept that going in and know that. You know that's part of the gig. I get, I get that as well. And, I, yeah. and I've done this long enough to know it's accepted now. But there's on our on our calendar, the, the, the week before and the week of the 4th is yellowed out. There's no vacations. Nobody can take vacations those two weeks. Same way around Memorial Day. Same way around Labor Day. Yellowed out. Can't take those weeks. You do the same thing with training. Yeah, I agree. And, and it, it's... It, you have to make it number one. Um, you have to make it feasible, and you have to make it um, you have to make it decent. You have to make it actually worth going to. That's what I was about to say. There's yeah. a lot of trainings that I've gone through where I walked in like this is going to be bullshit, and then you walk out and you're like, "Hey, man, I actually learned something." Yeah. this guy knows what he's talking about. But the thing is, I think that also goes back to what you said as a training coordinator. You need people in that position that know that have been in the trenches. Yeah. They know what works. Do yep. I want to sit through four hours of elderly abuse? No, I'm not going to put these guys through that bullshit. Yeah. Hey, we're going to block off four hours. Like I said earlier, we're not doing four hours. We're going. We're going to do some real life shit. Yeah. You know, and the, the whole de-escalation thing. I'll never forget this as long as I live. It was a some kind of de-escalation training. I was. Hell, I hadn't been teaching maybe a month. I got a grizzled old woman that had taught English for like 32 years and. All right, so y'all two, you know, correspond, and you see she's upset, buddy. She had every excuse. She handcuffed me at every turn. But it goes back to, again, put yourself in uncomfortable situations yeah. so that you know how to respond. Yeah. And in so, any you know, profession. Agencies have, you know, simunition rounds, and what simunition rounds are high speed paintball. They hurt really bad. They hurt 10 times worse than paintball. But um, a lot of agencies can't afford that. But, you know, um, it's just like I was talking to the um, – Oh, but they can. Well, well, here's the thing. If, they, if, if we would stop sending billions to Ukraine, maybe we could afford this kind of shit. You're exactly right. But well, I was even, talking to the, uh, the chief of um, K-Spring Police Department today, and um, I, they had an officer that needed to get qualified, and so I went down there and did it for him. Um, we did it here in Rome. But anyway, he was talking about that um, – I think it was Morrow Police Department called him and said, hey, man – um, we've got a couple of extra used tasers. Would you like them? Yeah. And he's like, well, yeah. You know, what kind of condition are they And he's like, they're basically brand new. And they got all the chargers, got everything, extra batteries. I'll send them to you if you want them. The guy's like, yeah, dude. Because, and that that's how 
That's how small agencies make it. Well, and I is, think is local is other agencies that are bigger need to take care of them. It's well, kind of like raising piggy, the village kid. Yeah. Right. Everybody's got to help everybody. I yeah. think piggybacking off of that is can you not as a small municipality or a small agency? Hey, I'm Cave Spring. I'm gonna call Hoax Bluff. I'm gonna call, you know, whatever other. I'm gonna pick three small ones. Hey, mm-hmm. how many how many officers can you let me have for training? I can give you three. Well, if you correspond that to four agencies, that's 12 people. You call a trading agency. Hey, man, I'm going to send you 12 good people. I need you to train the shit out of Yeah. Them. Yeah. And, and we do that a lot. That's what I was tell, talking to the chief about from K-Spring. Um, you know, we do rifle courses and crap like that. It's no big deal for them to come up and run through our rifle course. And, and then that way it's no – the only burden that is on them is the person driving up there and stuff like that. But at least they get good quality training sure. that – could possibly save their life um that's one thing we're working on right now through georgia northwestern is they want us to start teaching more advanced training at the walker county campus um because it helps everybody nobody likes to go to forsyth everybody hates driving all the way down there staying down there man it's awful awful. (laughs) even driving through it going on vacation you're like god damn it oh yeah you know it's a county that never ends well listen dude i was i went to mandate in forsyth so looking at that water tower every time I drove down there on Sunday you, afternoon, you man. You get shivers. Oh my gosh, uh-huh. I hate that place. In the but, words of Ben Winkleman, even the fish police hate that fucking place. You're right, dude. <laughs> the, the duck detectives hate it, man. But if we can offer that in in North Georgia, so smaller agencies can send them and it not be that big of a hardship, then dude, that that's just that's awesome because it helps people get trained, and then you're putting out better quality people yeah. that can handle certain situations. Going back to a guy that I talked with, it was ex military. He made the decision just because he hated monotony. He put a pen where he lived, took a piece of string that was 60 miles, drew a circle. And his goal, I wanted to teach in 30 schools in 30 years. He made 28 in 32. Mm-hmm. My thing with you is put a pen at, at Georgia Northwestern and Walker County, and you're going to be closer to the, the state line, so you're going to have to – it's going to be a bias string. Yeah. But if you draw a, a semicircle or a three-quarter circle, how many agencies would you envelop in that circle? Oh, yeah, a lot. Within an, say, two-hour drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many, get a lot. How many train? And I guess that goes back to the older you get, I'm going to help my fellow person out. It's not benefiting me, say, 100%. But what I'm putting into that man's head, what I'm putting into that man's head, yeah. what I'm putting into your head, in a situation where the shit hits the fan, I've given them the knowledge. Yeah. I've put them in a stressful situation. Will it sink? But I've well, done my part. With what we're seeing in Texas, this should put a lot of things in motion to make things like we're talking about happen. Yeah. But I don't think it will. But here's the sad thing. Everything that they... If they federally mandate I agree. Every single thing that they have put in place since Columbine, every single thing that's been put in place since Columbine. You just shit on They didn't do any of it here. Uh-uh. None uh-uh. of it. None uh-uh. of it. I think the further we go on and the more investigation, the further investigation goes, we're going to find out a lot more hard facts and yeah. things that people just don't want to, that can't we can't believe or can't, can't accept. It's unacceptable. Well, it's the unacceptable. problem is there is no quick answer. Right. The quick answer is not ban assault rifles no okay the quick answer is not and i'm probably gonna offend somebody else the quick answer is not arm all teachers no you definitely don't want to do that Um, the quick answer is i I don't if i could snap my fingers and have a quick answer i would love to but there's not yeah um the quick answer is not there it's it's something we have to 
we have to work on and both sides have to talk right the left and the right, right. both got to talk yeah. and we got to come to some common ground and say okay look i don't like you you don't like me but i hate kids getting hurt worse sure and we got to figure something out yeah and so um i don't you know and, and joe burrow just needs to shut up and throw a football all right amen dude you hear what that idiot said no yeah, dude he's uh, uh, we need to do what we got to do to quit put, letting these people get these guns. These they crazy need to go through guns. A, a rigorous, rigorous background check. You got to go you through. A do that. You do that. You do that. Just yeah. shut I up made, and play football. Like Matthew McConaughey. Same way. Yeah. I made that argument month, probably a month ago on a Facebook page. Look, what average citizens don't understand, and I've talked with a lot of ladies, and I love them to death. I would do anything for them. Ignorant and not being, and for those of you, that's not a a slot ignorant means you're uneducated all of the stuff that everybody's saying that needs to be in place was in place at a federal level i cannot walk across to your buddies if he opens up his gun shop tomorrow i can't walk across there and either a not go through a waiting period if i don't have my concealed carry mm-hmm. i can't just pick up i can't drop four thousand right. dollars on that's gonna raise red flags even right. him even let's take his military let's take his Let's just say the beer business guy opens up a gun store. Somebody walks in and drops ten grand on multiple weapons and thousands of rounds of ammunition. Hey, that's hey a uh, big indicator. I don't know if the GBI calls that a clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My thing is, there's, especially there's his so, age. Yeah. yeah, that's my thing. I mean, come on. Like I said, there's too much fishy shit here. I'm not buying all of it. I'm if just it not. walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, I'm just not buying all of it. It ain't yeah. a platypus. No. Well, I, I just hate that, you know, it seems like more and more my, oh, it's, my it's, career it's the and the guys that I love. Now is to shoot well, a fucking place up. Too many guys, too many police officers are stepping on their wingding, um, doing stupid stuff. And then you have a guy like this that just shit the really should, he shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place. Right. Uh, I applaud him from going in. I really do. But um, you can't just stand there and hold your wingding when kids are getting killed. Yeah. And, and that's that's my main point that I'm going to criticize him. Yeah, I don't criticize him. I you know I did criticize him for leaving his radio because that's just stupid. But um, if I roll up in my personal car and shit's going on, I'm not going to have a radio either. Yeah. I can't really ju- I can't really say a lot, but I am going to have enough ammo and enough enough stuff to to make that situation better. And we talked about that you know when we were talking about self or. Um, uh, the holiday self-defense thing. Remember, yep. we talked about um, where am I going? What am I taking? Who's going with me? You know, what car am I in? If I'm in my ex-wife's car, I know that pretty much all I got is what I got on me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm in my car, dude, there's a shotgun. There's a, you know, all kind of stuff. Well, and here's the funny thing is growing up when we did, we didn't think about I'm going deer hunting. I got my shit in the truck. Yeah. Okay. There was many, many a times my first year I went deer hunting all deer season. I was loaded for bear. If they'd have searched my car, hell, I'd have been unemployed. Hell, I can remember seeing guns in the back window. That's oh, my yeah. thing. We yeah. all had a shooting team. Yeah. yeah. But I think going back to what you said, and this was may have been a year ago, me, Rob, you, and uh, the lawyer, what's his name? Uh, Stu. Stuart. Stu. Yeah, Stuart yeah. was here. And the thing you did with your kids at Walmart, yeah. that really resonated with me. And so I've done that a lot of times with my son. I've taken him... He hates Walmart, which he's a product of my I just of me. I hate crowds, and Same so I've here. taken him in there, and it's bustling. I'm like, all right, I'll meet you at the car, but you can't go out the front door, and you got to go through the garden center. 
and and he just kind of looks at me. I'm like, what if shit hit the fan? You gotta you gotta be able to think on the feet. Or mm-hmm. my cell phone's dead, son. You gotta go. I got a cramp. You know, this certain. Yeah. It, it sounds childish, but I think that's what the one thing that it kind of resonated with me, even with my wife. In certain situations, oh, Jesus Christ, this is a hell of a story, since she may kill me if she ever listens to this. We'd been married like six months. No, shit, we'd been married like a month. She has this great idea. Hey, we're going to go to Birch Pumpkin Patch in the middle of fucking October. <laughs> okay. So we roll in there. Not on college football Saturday, you yeah. don't. No, 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 no. This was like a Thursday. And so, but there was like three elementary schools there, and there was... Every fucking other Tom, Dick, and Harry was there. And she was like, so I got the old wheelbarrow. You know, you pick up your wheelbarrow, and you go pick up your pumpkin. So I go and scope out a pumpkin. She goes, I'm going to go over there and look at the little pumpkins. I'm like, okay. So I, like, no shit. In 20 seconds, I, I lean down, pick up a pumpkin, put it in the wheelbarrow. I look up. I don't know where the hell she's at. There's 4,000 fucking people there. No lie. I take the pumpkin out, sit it in front of the wheelbarrow, and I stand in it, arms crossed. And she walks up like, Two minutes later, what the fuck are you doing? Well, I didn't know where you were at. And if I my little five-foot-six ass was standing in a fucking wheelbarrow, everybody's going to see me. I knew you'd be like, hey, that dumbass is mine. <laughs> you know, that's my whole thing. I, I think that's the, you know, you got to have that that mentality. And I've, I've kind of told him, I'm like, look, dude, shit hits a fan. If you're in school, here's where we're going to meet. Yeah. Yeah, and it's exactly not right. going. It's not going to be where everybody else is meeting. No. You're going to get to. There's a place I watch a lot of college football at. You're going to get to the shop, and yeah. you're going to tell Mr. Glenn, "Hey, my daddy will be here. It may be an hour, but he's going to come." And I said, "And Glenn's going to take care of you." Yeah. And that's all you got to say. Yeah. And there's, I think that's the thing. You got to be proactive. You got to be mm-hmm. vigilant. You got to be almost borderline crazy yeah you, you Slight, got slightly you, paranoid you have to okay. ins- you have to instill those things those are those if something happens that that's a it could be a matter of life and death yeah. well it's the old jason Bourne thing they're sitting in the diner he goes i can't tell you why but i know the guy behind the counter's got a sawed off shotgun underneath the counter and he's pretty big for his weight but he handles himself for a big guy and i know that the, there's two exits and there's one in the back yeah why do i know that i don't know but i know it yeah yeah yeah. And, and so that's, you know, I, my training director, he's our SWAT commander, and, and he has a saying that I love um, because I want to make myself into that um, uh, in case of emergency break glass kind of person, right? If there's an emergency break glass and I'm coming and you ain't going to like what's coming, but I'm coming. Yeah. And so that's what I want to make my kids, right? My Sunday, we went to my parents' house, Father's Day. I guarantee you my daughter and my son shot 450 rounds of twenty two ammo. Between a, a rifle and a pistol, they were just weighing it, laying it, man. Yeah. But that's what I want them to do. I want them to be able to handle themselves. Um, and I want them to be able to understand and see problems. And so we do that, man. We go into stores, and it's like, all right, you know, meet me over here. And I'll keep an eye on them because I hate people and don't trust people. Sure. But, um, but yeah, you have to do that kind of stuff because that builds confidence. Well, I think that also is you give them, like you said, that healthy paranoia. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and that's the thing, like, me and him have been walking. He's come down here a lot of times when we record, and he's like, hey, man, I'm going to walk down the Honeymoon Bakery and get me a cookie. Okay. You got 60 seconds to get there, and I'm going to give you two minutes to make your order. If you're not back in four minutes, I'm walking down there. Why? Because I said so, first of all. Yeah. And that's the whole thing is, and then we'll we'll get into situations to where we're in a, we're in a, 
a crowded environment, and I'm like, just keep your mouth shut and keep your head down. I'll tell you when we get in the truck. Yeah, did and that's you, why that's why we use code words, right? They don't ask questions. Did you and, see A? When we get in the truck, did you see A? No, yeah. I didn't see A. Well, you uh, if you didn't see A, then you didn't see B, C, and D, and I want to make sure that you now sit back. Did you Now, look back. Do you see what I'm talking about with A? Yeah. All right, now scan, mentally scan. Do you see what I was talking about with B and C? Yeah, I do now. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And and so building that training and also, dude, I mean, you, you got to do it in law enforcement. You know, you got to work drills. You you know, that's one thing me and Brandon used to always try to do is we would take time with our shift and work some sort of some sort of defensive tactic stuff. Yeah. We would meet we'd meet in a, in a subdivision cul-de-sac and work knife defense. Um, all kind of just oh, we whatever. got two cops out here trying to stab each other. Yeah, they're trying to stab each other and they're playing, laughing the whole time. But, he said um, I wasn't a motherfucker, and he said yes I was. Yeah. And then he tried to stab him. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, and and that's what you know that post I made on my on my business page the other day, man. That's something I'm really trying to focus on this year is um, really training the next generation. Yeah, you know, because this generation's screwed. Before we get out of here, Y'all. let everybody know what's coming up next okay. uh, at Forge Tactical. So, um, Forge Tactical USA is our Facebook page. Um, Saturday, I have two classes going on. I have a basic level one class, which is pretty much uh, you ain't never shot a gun before, or you may have learned how to shoot a gun from Drunk Uncle Ernie at Thanksgiving. <laughs> We're going to fix what he screwed up. Um, that is from nine to one, and that is $100. And then we have our level two class, which is an intermediate class. You can learn a lot more um stuff like shooting and moving shooting behind cover things like that that class is a hundred dollars but if you do both uh we do both for 175 um and you can sign up now i still got spots available um like i said it's saturday it's in a very um a very laid-back environment we have it at a buddy of mine's house so it's not as intimidating like you go to an indoor range you got that one ass hat down there just you know every time he pulls the trigger brrr, seven millimeter i'm shooting my rifle in yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know and everybody's trying to hold their ears it's not like that at all everything is laid back um all of our instructors are all georgia post certified farms instructors and they're all swat guys because the mentality is i want you to go home i don't care if you can punch a hole you know with five rounds at 25 yards I want you to go home and I want you to be safe. And that's, that's really all I care about. You know? Um, yeah, I like money. Everybody likes money cause I'm police and we don't make it. But <laughs> my main concern is that people make it home alive. Right. And so, um, trying to grow that part of our business and also, um, in, I think it's going to be the first of August before we're going to be able to get it done, but we're going to do an active shooter response class. Uh, and it is yes. going to be for civilians. Okay. Um, it will be um, shooting. It will be situation awareness. It will also be medical. I've got a, a TCCC combat casualty care instructor coming in to teach. Um, because the more people we have that understand how to handle that type of situation, the safer it's going to be. So um, I have, you know, we made this statement last time. If you're a school resource officer, don't care where you work, from now until the end of 2022, any class I put on, you come for free. Don't care who you are. Don't care where you work. does not matter to me. You can come for free um, because they need as much training as they can possibly get. For if, sure. If you are a school teacher, I'll give you a huge discount for that active shooter class. Do you have women's only? Because I'm trying to get my wife to come just learn like I never picked up one. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't specify, but I, I don't mind doing one just for well, ladies. No, no, only. no. I mean, just I know you said drunk uncle Ernie. Yeah. Those kind of classes, those yeah. are are kind of classes that a woman that's never 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a lady send me a message today. She said, hey, I've owned a gun for two years, and I've never shot it. I don't know how it works. That's where that's who most of my people are. They will call and be like, look, I'm scared to death of guns. My husband bought me one. I've never shot it before. I don't know what to do. Um, and it's like I told the lady today, my goal and my mission is that when you leave my class, you are comfortable with that gun. Well, I think the other thing is, and, a lot, and this goes back, this ties into ignorance. It's a tool. Yeah. It's something just like a hammer, a screwdriver, mm-hmm. or something. You're going to pick it up when that job requires you to do it. And exactly you need right. to be confident in the fact that you know how to use it. Exactly right. Totally. So. James, man, I, I can't thank you enough for coming in and, and, and let, us, always fun, let us revisit man. this, this yeah. topic. And I really appreciate you coming in, man. Yeah, for sure. And then and we'll get everything up uh, and out and try to get folks informed and, and yeah, get I'll share your classes for sure. So On our, you know, we're murder mystery, but hell. Cool, man. But yeah. I'll, I'll try to get your Facebook page out there for our yeah, people. I it. You know, I know we got another podcast, uh, Section 706. Uh, Shep will listen to this. We'll get your stuff out there we'll, as much as we can. And, and tying back to our previous episode, if we get one person, we mm-hmm. just get one person to come visit you and you be able to teach them how to use a tool, I think it's worth it. Yeah. I agree. Same totally. here. Gentlemen, y'all have a good evening, and Thanks, I appreciate guys. it. All, All right. right. Take care.